1: Canadians and Islanders tied 3-3 early in the third late in the second period Panthers up 4-1 on the save on the uh, Sabres and the Devils and Hurricanes are tied 1-1 guess who Taylor Hall gets his 29th of the season make it a 24 game point streak Jets up 2-1 on the Red Wings after one. Rangers and Flames just getting underway. Other games to come as well. Oil Kings just getting underway against the Calgary Hitmen at Rogers Place. And the U of A Golden Bears just getting underway against the Saskatchewan Huskies at Claire Drake Arena. Game one of the best of three. Canada West Final. Raptors up 49-43 on the Wizards. Two minutes left. In the first half, Raptors having a really good year, 43 and 17 to this point. Wizards are a decent, 36 and 26. You can text six thirty-six thirty. 30. Uh, this texture says the Oilers' biggest loss was Matt Hendricks. He was the glue, the guy who made everybody click and gel. That's the kind of guy you need. How are the Jets doing? Well, Jets are doing great. I, I would say to that texture, and uh, Matt Hendricks, great guy. You know, does have an impact I think on the attitude and focus of the team I know a couple of Oilers this year have told me that uh, they didn't handle expectations well and they let some of the outside noise bother them I think a veteran positive guy like Hendricks can help with that but if you look at the Winnipeg Jets goaltending is number one I don't want to take anything away from Matt Hendricks but I don't want to overestimate his impact on that team either It, it is goaltending first, second and third that has helped the Winnipeg Jets turn around. Then you can talk about some other points. VR Greg says, Reed, the problem is nobody coming from the farm at forward or goaltending. So any improvements will have to come from the roster or from a draft pick or trading a high pick. You can't trade any more picks. The farm is an empty cupboard now. You have to pray last season it wasn't a blip. The Talbot, Clefbaum, and Larson rebound and the young guys who looked so promising return to that track. Don't know about the coaches, really. They are standing on shaky ground. That is a text from VR Greg. Well, we've been talking about that a lot recently. There is uh, not a lot in the system, at least immediately, Forward-wise for the Edmonton Oilers, I guess maybe Yamamoto on the other team, Uh, maybe a little better on defense. Obviously, we saw Ethan Bear last night. You know, made a big mistake, led to a goal. Thought he did fine otherwise. Caleb Jones back from an injury, played for the Condors earlier today. They lost two-one to San Jose. Seven-eight-zero-four-nine-six-zero-zero-six-three. Ellie is on the line. Hey, go ahead.
2: Hey, Jack, how's it going? Uh, Yeah, it's Reed. Oh, great! I apologize. Um, I had a question for you about the, the draft coming up this year for the Oilers. Uh, do you think that there's a possibility they could move that, that top pick, top ten pick for a roster player as we speak?
1: I would say it's unlikely if it's a higher pick, especially in the top five or six. Like there's some good guys near the top there. But I, I think they would prefer to probably use it because there's a couple guys who might be able to jump in and play right away. Maybe that's more on the table if if they're drafting seven, eight, nine, or ten. Correct. Uh, and, I, and I and I know and I know Shirelli said he would try to possibly trade picks for players. I don't know if he so much was including the first round pick in that.
2: But he didn't even try to. He didn't even want picks. though. So he tried to go and get roster players now. I, it doesn't make sense because I've seen his track record in Boston, and he was willing to trade young players for high assets. He did that for. Uh, Phil Castle. He got two first round picks for Phil Castle. Mm-hmm. What is the deal I like got for us, you know, regarding t- roster players now? Um, end up being Dougie Hamilton and, and Tyler Sagan. Like imagine all two players on your roster now. Like that would be unreal.
1: Yeah. Wow. Yeah, um, well I, I think I mean he said going into the, the trade deadline if if he got picks he he would probably trade them. He got a couple of picks. I, I think he was hoping to get another guy who could help more immediately, like like Abra or a guy with maybe some potential like Aberg. Uh, but obviously yeah. for Maroon, they didn't really wind up getting anything.
2: Uh, I even look at Winnipeg. I, like they were just talking about like look, look what they did for three four years. Like they 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 completely rebuilt it. Like they got first round picks. They they were patient. They made good trades. Uh, we have our guys under control. Like McDavid, Drysdale. All those guys are under control. Why repatch? Why go out and get three agents? Why not tear it down and go with those guys? And we have those guys for eight years. Like, there's no rush to, to do anything at this point. I, I just don't see why he keeps trying to patch, patch the job. I just does not make sense to me.
1: Well, that's a good question. I, I mean, I, I, I would guess probably most fans after 10 years out of the playoffs, and like we've talked about, you know, seven of those years, they were terrible. There was one; they were okay, and then they had two; they were close to the playoffs. I don't, I agree. you know, they don't. I don't know if they want to be that that patient anymore. Um, but so I, I think the
2: way, that's the way the, that's the way the league is going, though. Even look at uh, uh, Chicago; Chicago's doing that, taking that route now because they know they're not good enough. Yeah. They go and acquire first-round picks. They know picks are currency, and teams want that because you know caps and uh, cap and picks are what the future holds.
1: Well, they, they, def- they get, definitely get definitely got a draft better. So I, I don't I don't think he's going to unload a whole bunch of draft picks, but I think he might try to trade a few. I, I think, and I'm not saying this is right or wrong, but I think Shirelli thinks that with McDavid and Dreisaitl, um, you shouldn't probably have to wait five or six years to have a contending team, especially given what they did last year. But I, I understand I understand your concern because a lot of the trades he's made in the last year or so have blown up.
2: Absolutely. You want to sustain that, though. You don't want to just have a cup. Let's say you can go for a cup run for one year. You want to be able to sustain that with these guys. You want to be able to build the young guys with them. Top-end top, top end players, good high draft picks. It, nah, I don't know, but that's, that's my take on it. No, I, that's fine. I, so I
1: so which, 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 guy, which depth guys on the roster right now do you think should stick around?
3: Um, oh...
1: Like do you like no. Jujar? Do you like Kajula? Do you like Benning? Which of those guys, for example?
2: Well, yeah, Benning I feel, still needs to work on his game a little bit. He Needs to hit the net. Absolutely needs to hit the net. Uh, otherwise, he's got a good shot. I guys like you know you know Kajula, I feel like he doesn't give enough. Just doesn't give enough. Like he just doesn't mm-hmm. he doesn't work hard enough on the board. I don't, I don't know. I just don't see it.
1: He's, he's um, had a tough year. I thought I thought he'd be better than he has been this year.
2: Absolutely. But Jujar has taken a huge step. I feel like he could be definitely a top nine player. Absolutely. Uh, he's shown glasses of that. He's got a great shot. Uh, there are all pieces, but it's just it's just not enough. You need top-end talent, and to get top-end talent, you got to give up somewhere. Uh, he did that with obviously Hall for, for Larson, but uh, I know that was a definite need, but uh, you got to be more patient. I just feel like there's more out there. Uh, give up more of a retool. More of a retool. Tear it down a little bit more, and give it time. I know we waited 10 years. I've I've been a fan since I don't even know how long now, for at least 15 years, and it's just uh, you see it, but you want to
1: be able to see it. That's my take on it, though. Hey, thanks for calling. It's good stuff. Yeah. All right. You're talking about Jujar Kara, and I've been saying I got an interview with him, and we're going to talk about his shot, which uh, Ellie brought up there, but uh, also start with a bit of a, a lighter moment with Jujar today because uh, last night on the Face Off show, talking to Rob and I, Shannon Zabados goaltender for the Canadian Women's Olympic team, was the celebrity recommender in our first goal of the game contest. Is Jujar playing? Jara's playing. Yes, he is.
4: I'll go with him.
1: Wow. That is the first Jujar awesome. pick we've had all year. And if Well, seriously, if, if
5: he scores first tonight, we're going to have to have her on all the time. Yeah, will Shannon, be the...
1: you're, you're going to be a regular recommender.
5: <laughs> well, uh,
3: here we go. Come on,
1: Jujar.
5: Uh, I really appreciate it, and it's nice to, nice to know someone Someone of her, of her success, has that much faith in me. But uh, next time, she might have to go with the, the for sure shoe and
1: Those two guys are pretty popular picks, no doubt about it. Uh, but you know, you've you've shown. It looks to me like your shot and your confidence of getting the puck off your stick has come a long way this year. And all of
4: a sudden, the Oilers have an on-man rush over the line. Sleppishev to Kara into his feet, shoots and scores.
1: Post and in.
5: You know, it's just working on it in practice, and uh, just having the confidence for my teammates out there, just being on the ice, and you know, being encouraged to shoot. And um, I think at the start, it was kind of you kind of overthink everything, and now it's, you know, it's coming more of a routine or not a routine, sorry, more more natural to me. It's, you know, if you're in one of those 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 areas, you want to get it off because at the end of the day it's tough to get a shot in the nhl and (laughs) i found that out the hard way so
1: well and you mentioned that you know knowing what to do like it looks like you're on ice awareness in the offensive zone if i compare it to a year ago i don't know how you feel but it's like a huge improvement
5: yeah definitely i think even myself i feel i feel a lot more confident out there and you know just playing against men and um around the league and uh, growing my game, I think now I'm more I'm more comfortable taking on more d instead of having the puck and just trying to get rid of it quick. So now I want to I want to be out there making plays and being an impact player in those offensive zone as well. And uh, you know I've been I've been working hard in practice and games for that.
0: Well, if you if we reflect on his season, um, we go back to the beginning and, and training camp. Um, what we're seeing now, we saw a lot of in training camp, and then I think he got a little bit comfortable. He didn't protect pucks. He didn't go get them. He wasn't aggressive. Um, and, and it took a little time and some tough love to get him back to that. But since that time, he's been a consistent contributor uh, on a nightly basis, um, offensively and defensively. He's become a good penalty killer, a good face-off guy, all-around player. He uses his size very well to protect pucks and create space for other players. Um, can make tight turns and and, uh, gets a shot off in traffic. And and we're encouraging him to use that shot more and more. Um, He's had a tendency to look off and want to pass. But when you possess that kind of release, you should use it as much as you can.
1: So pushing and shoving
4: Kara wants to mix it up and he and Fulan are going to go and Kara lands a big right hand and an inside right hook and an overhand right and a right uppercut right hook right uppercut pounding away another right to the body overhand right uppercut blistering right hook uppercut Follin in desperate trouble and a one-sided fight for Jujar Kara just hammering away on Christian Fullen.
5: I'm not scared to go in there if I have to and um you know I, I it's just you never know what can happen in a fight, so you know I mean just. If I need to step in there for a teammate or for myself or something like that, you know, I'm definitely willing to. So,
1: all right, you got the Rangers here coming up. Uh, obviously, you know, both teams not not quite where they're hoping to be at this point in the season. But uh, you're, you guys hung in there against Nashville, couldn't get the big goal. So, what do you what do you look for against the Rangers?
5: Yeah, you know, they're they're a young team, and uh, you know, they're they're all trying to. I think at the end of the day, it doesn't matter where you are in the standings. It's, you know, once you get out there and your competitive nature comes out. Nobody wants to lose. Nobody likes losing, and that's why they're in this league. So, um, you know, it's going to be a fast game, a fun game, and we come out on top.
1: All right, a little bit from Jujar Kara having a decent season, 10 goals, 18 points in 57 games. Does have a high shooting percentage, 17 and a half. One of the old uh, unsustainable things we like to de- debate, but he uh, he's starting to make more of an impact, and I think he has. Um, is, is he the is does he get the Latesto role next year? Because he could probably help out a little bit in front of the net on the power play too. Uh, I think to me, Kara's play, especially lately, has been one of the positives for the Oilers this season. It is seven seventeen. You can text 630-630. The phone number is 780-496-0063. Inside sports on Chet. <laughs>
2: This is Cam Talbot from your Edmonton Oilers, and you're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio, 630 Ched.
1: Well, there's some Van Halen from the movie Twister. I don't know much about it, but I, I looked up today and a commercial was playing. For a movie called Hurricane Heist. I have not researched this film yet. I have not seen a full trailer. But it appears to be a heist that takes place in a hurricane. So yes, the title is the premise of the film. Uh, I can can only imagine what, what happens. There's a heist, and then they get caught in a hurricane. So I guess... It's one of those, you know how when you're a kid in school and you learn about the different types of conflicts in a story? So you can have man versus man, man versus nature. I'm guessing hurricane heist, you can have both. Because you have the the thieves against the cops. So then it's man versus man. But there's also the hurricane. So you have man versus nature. Th- that's a deep film if that's the case. Hurricane heist. Like, if it's just the thieves trying to drive away in the hurricane, all right, you got the man versus nature. But you throw in the cops trying to chase them through the hurricane as well. Now you got Oscar-worthy material on your hands, Kellen Kennedy. Now we're talking. Well, Are you looking up the premise of the film as we talk? I'm
4: looking at the Rotten Tomatoes page for the film. It's not out
1: already, is it? It it, it isn't, but it's got a 79% want-to-see rating, so it's highly anticipated. So, well here's the thing if you're into heists and or hurricanes that's your film <laughs> Hey, the Oscars are uh, Sunday are they not I, I believe so yes I have only seen two of the best picture nominees I have seen Get Out yeah. and earlier this week I watched Dunkirk both very good okay but aren't they saying The Shape of Water is going to win uh, yeah that's or what I'm saying. The the three billboards yeah. movie that's supposed to be pretty yeah, and good I've too. seen
4: the same I'm seeing the same two nominees that you've seen and uh, if it was between those two I like Dunkirk a little bit more than Get Out but that's just because uh, Christopher Nolan film is oh, he's a great amazing. director. He's, he's a great, great director. director,
1: yeah. I, I will say this. I wish I would have seen Dunkirk in the theater, because it's such a large scope, a lot of practical right. effects, yeah. a lot of extras. Yeah. The character stuff wasn't... I mean, there were characters, but you didn't feel... At least I didn't feel as connected to them as in other movies. Get Out's a pretty cool movie. Oh, it was cool. That was and neat. And uh, I won't give it away for people who haven't seen it, but The Stag Head, mm. that's, that's a great little mm-hmm. bit of... Uh, if Yeah, if you're into, if you don't mind the odd horror movie element. It, the, it, the, with the stag head, that's a, all we'll say.
4: It's a great
1: watch, you know, before Halloween, definitely. And it was made by a comedian. Yeah. It was it Jordan Peele? Jordan Peele. From Key and Peele. Yep. They did the famous sketch. They've done a few of them. The NFL player intros. That's right. And they right. do all the crazy names and the dolphin noises. Yeah, yeah. Very, very funny stuff. One texture simply says, awesome, Van Halen. I would agree with that. Gary Bettman in Calgary today. He says, "Hey, uh, maybe there's not going to be a new arena, but I don't want I don't want to th- move the Flames." You
3: know, there are some people who think that you'd be happy to move this franchise if they can't get a new building here and all this.
6: Maybe just is there anything in my track record that indicates that I've ever been happy moving franchises? <laughs> I was gonna
5: say, can you just reiterate to those people
3: how important it is to have good Canadian franchises?
6: It, of course it's important. Uh, we had the Canadian assistance plan back before the current collective bargaining system uh, when the league wasn't in an, really in an economic position to do that. We recognize the strength of the Canadian franchises, but we also recognize, and history is full of situations where we've been successful in keeping franchises in place and where we haven't been successful. Uh, it's unfortunate when we're not successful, but we try to be successful.
1: All right, a little bit from uh, Gary Bettman today. Also says the Flames are going to suffer without a new arena.
6: I'm not here to issue any threats. Uh, it's clear that this is the oldest building in the league. It's clear that the team uh, needs a new building. It's clear that a team... that this. By the way... Calgary's a great market, great fans here, but the building is as important a factor as anything else. Uh, the team's competitive situation, financial stability uh, is obviously being impacted with each season that they stay here. This used to be a top 10 team. Calgary is one of our great markets, but again, the building's the issue. This is a top 10 team. It used to write a check for revenue sharing. Uh, For the last couple of years, they have been receiving checks. The checks are getting bigger, which means the situation financially continues to deteriorate, and that will affect ultimately the competitiveness, I suppose, of the organization. but they have said the organization has the flames that they're going to do the best they can for as long as they can.
1: A little bit from Gary Bettman today in Calgary. They're going to have an ongoing saga like we did with our arena, getting Rogers place built. Thankfully we have the 35 year location agreement for the Edmonton Oilers. I know what I'll be doing in 35 years when we have the next arena debate. I'll be writing the screenplay for hurricane heist part 14. That's what I'll be doing. Dave Maloney to talk about the Rangers next.
2: This is Mike Riley from your Edmonton Eskimos, and you're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on 630 Chet.
1: We need to find if there's a soundtrack for Hurricane Heist, and we'll play all those songs. Ooh. Well, we have to wait until the film comes
4: out, I think. Probably. They typically don't make soundtracks well, available sound, until after. Song- is there a
1: single from the film? <laughs> the love ballad from Hurricane Heist. Yeah, there's Heist. a love ballad from Hurricane <laughs> Heist. It's called You Blow Me Away. <laughs> Uh, You know, a lot of imagery of hair blowing in the wind and then her being lifted off the ground by the hurricane. It's It's a brand new Lady Gaga single. This is the action sequence from Hurricane Heist. I think it would be, uh, (laughs) Lady Gaga would be too big for Hurricane Heist. At least somebody like, I don't know, who could they dust off for that? Rebecca Black. I don't know. I don't even know who that is.
4: (laughs) Uh, She did that terrible Friday song years ago. There
1: there you go. Yeah, You blow me away by Rebecca Black from the Hurricane Heist soundtrack. Canadians up 6-3 on the Islanders, less than a minute to go. Montreal will win that game once again. The Islanders trouble preventing goals. They're going to be here on Thursday. Panthers leading the Sabres 4-1 early in the third. Also early in the third, Devils and Hurricanes 1-1. Taylor Hall gets his 29th for the Devils. His point streak is at 24 games. Jets up 4-2 on Detroit late in the second period. Laine has two. He's up to 33 on the season. Avalanche leading mini 2-0 late in the first period. Nathan McKinnon, McKinnon Hart Trophy candidate. He has his 30th. Rangers up 1-0 on the Flames halfway through the first period. Kevin Hayes with his 18th of the season. Still to come, Predators at Canucks. Ottawa at Vegas. Blue Jackets up against the Ducks. Calgary Hitman lead the Edmonton Oil Kings 1-0. Six minutes left in the first period. Four minutes left in the first at Claire Drake Arena. Saskatchewan 1, Golden Bears nothing. Raptors up 63-54 on the Wizards. Eight minutes left in the third quarter. Oilers, Rangers tomorrow. It is a late one, 8.30 faceoff because of the outdoor game that precedes it. Furnace Family Oilers Hockey will start at 7 with the face-off show. Edmonton's furnace replacement experts call 7804-FAMILY or visit FurnaceFamily.com. And to fill you in on the Rangers MSG radio analyst Dave Maloney. Dave, welcome back to Inside Sports. How are you doing? I'm doing really well. I wish you guys could turn the heat up a little bit. It would be nice, you know, for us.
4: Soft southerners on a relative basis. Goodness
1: gracious, it's crunch already. Come on. Well I know you you came right in time for uh for the winter storm. Hey you, you grew up in uh you grew up in southern Ontario. You could get nasty there, right? Yeah, it is, but that doesn't
4: mean
1: I like it. And I always say uh
4: I just say I always start to think, well, well you're from Canada. Well well, what what does that mean? I'm supposed to like it? No. <laughs> but I do I do respect um, again, having been in Calgary uh, yesterday and plus uh here today. Um, you know, if, if you didn't get around when it snowed up in the Great White North, it'd be a long winter doing a whole lot of nothing, that's for sure.
1: Yeah, that's, that's true. <laughs> Uh, Dave, the trade deadline has uh, has come and gone. We'll talk a little bit about the impact on the Rangers there. You were traded mm-hmm. uh, once in your NHL career, not at the deadline, but you, right. you were traded in what turned out to be your your final season I- in the National Hockey League because you were a longtime New York Ranger. But they they moved you on for Buffalo. Was that something uh, you wanted, or what did you remember about that at the time? No, no,
4: yeah, no, I don't think particularly the first time around. I don't think anybody ever. Take the trade as something you want. I mean, you, you you know, I, I certainly, even at the time, I realized, I mean, if Bobby Orr couldn't finish as a Berlin in those days, and as time would go, Gretz couldn't finish as an Oiler and any number of great players, uh, I certainly didn't expect uh, to be immune from a trade. But, and no, I, I, I remember the trade, we, we had played home. We actually played Calgary on a Wednesday night, and, uh, showed up for practice the next day and Craig Patrick uh, uh, he called me up in his office and said I was off to Buffalo and I, the, the memories that I have first of all I probably stayed in the office for about a half an hour talking to Craig thought it was 45 minutes by the time I get out the team was on the ice and all my stuff was packed up and my stall was empty and I remember going outside thinking wow that's like nine, ten years of you know, blood sweat and tears and that's it you're on to somewhere else but uh, the other Part of that is I remember having played against Buffalo and playing against guys in that stage, like Lindy Ross and Larry Plaster and Mike Ramsey and Craig Lamb. All these guys I thought were idiots, and then I get to play with them, and God, yeah, these dudes are pretty good guys. so <laughs> 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 all, all just trying to do the same thing, right? So it's but uh, parcel of business, and uh, those are my my most distinct memories.
1: Dave Maloney joining us on Inside Sports uh, analyst for the New York Rangers playing tonight in Calgary Oilers tomorrow so uh, look we we always go I guess the anticipated goaltender so I'll ask you about uh, about this guy uh, what can you tell Oilers fans about Alexander Georgiev because I'm going to guess you know a little more than I do because I know pretty much nothing
4: Yeah <laughs> Yeah really uh... <laughs> You know, he got um, he got into the lineup in Montreal with his first outing. Played back to back, and it was pretty solid, really. Both uh, both games is you know save percentage. He's got you know he took two losses. Um, what was it, Minnesota was the second one? I, I can't all anyway. Um, but it's really one of these uh, newer prototype goaltenders. You know, bigger moves, really, really well, really quietly. Uh, covers really sound positional goaltender. I think he's got uh, a lot of the things that you see uh, the last generation and for sure this generation of goaltenders. So, it was a bit of a story, right? They brought him to prospect camp a year ago, uh, uh, last June, I'm sorry, and out of that prospect camp, uh, Ben Waller and, uh, and the staff signed off to um, give him a contract. And he, he was 8-1-0 and in his last nine starts in the American League. And um, so all in all, I think he's got, he got thrown into the fire a bit and has played well enough that I wouldn't be surprised if he rode out the rest of the season uh, as a backup, uh, getting more games than I think anybody ever expected he was going to get
1: uh, prior to the season. All right. Well, he'll be uh, he'll be interesting to watch if he is the guy at Rogers Place tomorrow night for for the Rangers. Obviously, the big deal with uh, Tampa at, at the deadline, uh, Grabner was was traded as well. And uh, look, Dave. I mean, now now with the Oilers, the the comments have changed from the players. A few weeks ago, it was like, well, if we go on a run or if we can sweep this road trip. Uh, I mean, the realism has certainly set in, and I think probably. Uh, well, you can tell me though. Is, is that sort of where the Rangers? Rangers are at, everybody knows that uh, the final month and a half here isn't going to have the the meaning that they hoped it would have?
4: Oh, I think so. Although this Ranger makeover and really rebuild uh, really goes back to the genesis of it was how they lost to Ottawa in the playoffs last spring. I think it was a concern on management's part that maybe this group had run its course uh, so then you buy out Dan Girardi and you trade Derek on two really important parts of the success of the franchise they had had in recent. And I, I think the red flags went up there then. And it drafted a couple of kids in the first round, center iceman. You get out of the Rangers got out of the gate poorly. And then there were just too many nights this season where there wasn't much of a competitive pulse. And uh, there were three or four games in the last month prior to the um, trade-down line that culminated with a very, very poor, really a non-pushback game in Nashville, that I think that was the final nail as far as this group. And Jeff Gordon and, and the president, Glenn Saylor decided, you know what, we're going to make a wholesale change you know, We're going to move forward. So for the guys like uh, Lundquist and Stahl and Kreider, who really uh, the Rangers have only missed the playoffs once in the last 12 years and that was a shootout on game 82. So they've never been in a situation where they played a string of games where nothing was on the line. Uh, so it's been a decidedly different feel um, for those guys and yet there's a number of young guys in here who are innocent uh, because they have no baggage and they've come in here and at least played hard and played with some energy. So we're certainly hoping from the broadcasting stand that they continue to play with that energy because it sure is a little easier to call in those games when really you go, oh my God, will
1: this thing ever end? Right, yeah. <laughs> I hear you there. What What about on the Rangers' blue line here? I mean, is, is it going to be four rookies potentially uh, tomorrow? Yeah,
4: yeah. There are four kids in the lineup that are NHL young. I mean, Rob O'Gara was acquired from Boston in the Nash deal. Um, he's 24-year-old and it's his third-year pro. He's out of Yale. So he's, he's played a little bit. Gilmore's a two-year, I think this is his, his third-year pro. Peons a rookie. D'Angelo's their round, around. But they're all NHL young. And uh, you can, you know, it's a little bit like a lot of things. Uh, you can kind of hold the fort a little bit for any extended period of time. But over time, um, you know, experience is, is really important particularly on the blue line, and they've been thrown to the fire, but, you know, they are what the Rangers have tried to do, like a lot of teams, become quicker and more mobile and of your own end, and and, uh, you know what, you still have to be able to defend, and the Rangers have given up a lot more goals than they traditionally have of recent. But the kids do make plays, and that's what the coaching staff is looking for.
1: Okay. Well, it's usually fun when these two teams uh, go at it, though. There have been some uh, some high-scoring games in, in recent seasons, right. so, so maybe we'll get to see one tomorrow night. Hey, Dave, it's always great to check in with you. I hope you stay warm. Have a good one in Calgary tonight, and I'll see you at Roger's place. Uh, all right, great. Thanks for calling, and uh, yes, yeah, so I look forward to seeing you. That is Dave Maloney. Talked to him with MSG Network this uh, afternoon. He's working the broadcast with the Rangers and the Flames. Tonight, Rangers lead that game 1-0 with five minutes left in the first. Lots of action to tell you about a Claire Drake Arena. After the first period, Saskatchewan Huskies and Alberta Golden Bears tied 2-2. Trevor Cox has both goals for the Golden Bears, including one of them on a penalty shot. And Jordan Cook, Huskies goaltender, who we've had on the show a few times, not in net. He suffered a torn ACL last week. And he, of course, was the Canada West goalie of the year. So Taryn Cozen playing goal for uh, the Huskies. He was heavily recruited by Alberta. It is Brendan Burke in net for the Golden Bears. He uh, gave away the puck behind his own net, leading to the first Saskatchewan goal. So a good one so far. I see some pictures and video online. Good crowd at Claire Drake Arena. Game 1 tonight. Game 2 to Tomorrow at 5. Big basketball game for the Golden Bears Hoopsters tomorrow night. They're the number two ranked team in the country. Head coach Barnaby Craddock, when we get back.
5: Hi, this is Ryan Eason Hopkins from your Edmonton Oilers. You're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio 630 Chad.
1: The Nuge likely to return tomorrow against the Rangers. Ty Ratty has been sent back to Bakersfield. We'll have the game for you here on 630 Chet, second of a five-game homestand for the Oilers. We're keeping you updated on the big game at Claire Drake Arena, 2-2 Golden Bears and Huskies after the first... Uh, big game tomorrow night at the Saville Center—the Canada West Men's Basketball Championship game. Golden Bears against the Calgary Dinos. Golden Bears are coached by Barnaby Craddock. Barnaby, you're on with Reed. Haven't talked to you in a while, man. How are you doing? Reed, I'm good, man. Thanks for having me back on. Is this—is this the uh, wind down of your sixth season already with the U of A? That's what it is. Uh, it's a whirlwind. Moved
3: here about five and a half years ago. Uh, my wife and I have a daughter. You know, it's our sixth season, and it's uh, all, you know, just helter skelter. It's been, uh, it's been a good ride so far.
1: Well, that's awesome, and congratulations on winning Canada West Coach of the Year. Uh, I know you're modest. So, what does it mean to a coach to win a Coach of the Year award?
3: Oh well, these 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 awards are team awards, and uh, the guys are really happy for our coaching staff, and in particular Kent Johnson. Um, who, you know, we, we hired to, to coach here about a month after I got the job. So he's been with me the whole time and uh, instrumental with, you know, skill development, uh, X's and O's, recruiting, uh, mentoring. I mean, he's done it all with the program. And, um, you know, so, you know, Coach of the Year awards not – not for me it's uh hey the guys on the team played fantastic and we won a bunch of games and it's uh it's a team award and uh, particularly the, co- the assistant coaches i think uh deserve that recognition jordan baker and slab cornick and and nick mcglesko the-, the old golden bear alumni there who's uh, been through some battles we all know him and-, and he's been a great coach for us over the past uh, six seasons as well
1: you know, Slav Korik and I worked together in the uh, sports department in the television station in Lloyd Minster. He remains a good friend of mine, so I'm glad he's doing well. Interesting about having Jordan Baker on your staff, what does it mean to add a guy to your coaching staff who I think, uh, Barnaby, is one of the greatest athletes in the history of the U of A, any sport? Uh, what has he meant to the staff and just to the program in general?
3: Hey, well, it's, it, you know, it's, it's true. He's obviously you know, number one in a million records for Golden Bears basketball, but for all sports he's gotta go down as one of the top Golden Bear athletes ever. And uh but I I would be remiss to pass over on Nick McGlesco who is no slouch himself a multiple time uh, all Canadian, and he's been with us for uh, for the whole time. I've been here six years. And, uh, anytime I get a chance to give uh, Nick some props, he deserves it. He does a great job for the program. And um, obviously, Jordan, we got him here for his first year uh, coaching. Uh, you know, he's super enthusiastic, knowledgeable about the game, and the guys on the team really respect him. You know, he they know that he's been through these wars recently, and uh, his word carries a lot of weight with those guys. So he's been a big part
1: of what we do. Yeah, well, I'm, I'm glad to see everything clicking for you guys. And I know, and look, Barnaby, when you started, I was doing play-by-play for the webcast. I rarely get to go to a game now, but I'm glad when I look at the box scores and read the game reports, some guys you were excited about recruiting three, four years ago are now really the, the leaders and the big guns on, on the team, it seems.
3: Yeah, no question. Um... <clears throat> we, you know, we, we sort of had the past of an era there with the Jordan Baker, Todd Brigham Henningau and, uh, Kenny rock Rob Dewar time. And that was a great run. And that's been a bit of a, you know, the guys have built it back up since there. And I think Mamadou Gay should be particularly happy. I mean, this is the end of his fifth year and Lyndon Annett's as well. Because they went through the downtime, uh, we we had one year where we just snuck into the playoffs, and um, but you know now they they got to be part of that whole building it right back up to being a national contender again. So I think for Mama and Linden, it's got to be super super rewarding.
1: Barnaby Craddock, U of A Golden Bears basketball coach, joining us on Inside Sports. So tomorrow you play Calgary for the Canada West title. This is just this is just a one gamer, right? It's not a best of three.
3: Yeah, just a single game, so it should be in the playoffs, you know, a championship game, one and done. Let's uh, see who can get the gold medal. All
1: right, so you have locked up a spot in the national tournament in, in the final eight. What would a victory here, though, mean to your seeding? I, I assume that you might be wanting to uh, avoid a certain team for as long as possible in the draw.
3: Well, I mean, once you get out there to the final eight, I mean, everyone's going to be tough. And, you know, you're just happy to be there, to to, to to be honest. I mean, there's 47 universities, eight teams make it to that tournament. So you've you've battled through a good chunk, of, chunk just to get there. Um, I mean, for us, tomorrow night's about the Canada West Conference Championship. When we want to win our conference banner. I think we've won uh, 13 previously. Uh, I could be wrong. But I think it's around 13 uh, Golden Bears basketball conference champions. We want to get another one. I mean, that's a, that's a big deal for our guys and for us. And to defend it, that was a goal of ours coming into the season to defend what we'd won last year. Um, of course, the win uh, uh, would would affect the seating for the final eight and going in higher is usually more more advantageous. Um, but uh, for us, the number one thing is that uh, hey, let's let's get the con Canada West Conference Championship.
1: So, what's your schedule? I, I know you got to play Saturday, then when do you guys head out east? Are you going right away Monday or Tuesday?
3: Yeah, we sure are. We're Monday, and then the, the quarterfinals at Nationals are on Thursday, so um with a win we figure we're going to go in as the two seed or potentially a one seed of carlton's upset in their conference championship uh with a loss then who knows what's going to happen so uh we're just going to take care of business tomorrow night get it done and uh be off to nationals and it's, it's exciting time for everyone
1: all right so savile center tomorrow night is it an 8 p.m tip no it's a it's a different one 7:30. so okay.
3: i've seen that they've given uh free admission to anyone coming from the hockey game because the Golden Bears hockey game is at 5pm so anyone that wants to come over from that hockey game to the gold medal uh, basketball game they're going to get free admission with their
1: hockey ticket Oh wow, well, that's an incredible night man okay well, that's going to be fun Barnaby thanks for checking in all the best this weekend and, and of course all the best at Nationals we're pulling for you guys uh, congratulations on a great year get her done buddy thank you
3: okay appreciate the support
1: talk soon That is Barnaby Craddock checking in, head coach of the U of A Golden Bears basketball team. So currently number two in the country. That powerhouse program, Carlton, ranked number one. Battle of Alberta at the Saville, 7.30 tomorrow for the Canada West men's basketball title. Some guests on Inside Sports get gift certificates to Northern Chicken. Now open Wednesdays. Don't miss the five-course, five-bench creek brewing beer dinner on March 5th. Would that be Monday, Kellen? That's Monday. On Monday. Tickets just 50 bucks. More details, NorthChickenYEG.com. NorthChickenYEG.com. Okay. Final look at the scoreboard. Canadians beat the Islanders 6-3. Panthers up 4-1 on the Sabres in the third. Taylor Hall has a goal for the Devils, but they trail the Hurricanes 2-1 late in the third. After two, Jets up 4-2 on the Red Wings after one avalanche two wild nothing and rangers one flames one western hockey league calgary one edmonton nothing after the first u of a and u of s tied 2-2 at claire drake arena raptors beating the wizards by three 77-74 after the third face-off show at seven tomorrow game at eight thirty oilers rangers we have it all for you here on 6 30 Thanks to Kellen Kennedy, the studio producer. The producer of the show is Dave Campbell. My name is Reed Wilkins. Always a pleasure to bring you the show. I'll talk to you from Rogers tomorrow night. Take care.
0: It's Friday. 630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630
3: Chad.